I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and we are broadcasting live today from the Utah Valley Growth and Prosperity Summit. It's hosted by the Utah Valley Chamber of Commerce and Utah Valley University. We just wrapped up our conversation with Utah Valley University President Astrid Tuminez, uh, who is the Energizer Bunny and uh, just one of the most make-it-happen leaders you'll ever experience. And she's done a great job hosting down here. And we're really thrilled to have joining us in the conversation Utah's Governor Spencer Cox. Slides into the hot seat. Welcome, Governor. Well, Boyd, I'm I'm no President Jimenez, but um, I'm happy to be here. She she's incredible and has done such a tremendous job here at UVU, and and uh, we're we're excited. The the growth summit's been incredible. Uh, it, wonderful things are happening in Utah, and especially here in Utah County. Yeah, it's it. And I was saying uh, with President Jimenez that uh, sometimes when we talk about growth and prosperity and Utah being the crossroads to the world, uh, it's often a a Salt Lake City centric conversation. And I love the fact that uh, this is being hosted and focused on all the growth that is happening in in Utah Valley. Yeah, we know from the last census, one of the fastest growing counties, not just in the state, but in in the country. And uh, and, and again, not just the growth of people, but the the prosperity piece. Um, What we're seeing with our economy here is is amazing. I mean, we have the second lowest unemployment rate in the nation, and Utah County is is half a percentage below that, 1.8% right now. Um, and, and, And institutions like UVU, with with now 41,000 students. I don't think people realize how many people are here. It's incredible. It's absolutely amazing. And so as you look at this, uh, this is, to me, a great example of leaders coming together, thought leaders from across the spectrum to to really address a host of issues. And to me, this is kind of the Utah model at its best when you bring education and business and government together uh, to talk about prosperity for everyone, giving everyone that uh, fair shot, uh, the their version of the American dream. What have you been hearing? What have you been sensing in your conversations today? Well, the, the conversations have been have been positive. And again, there, there's two pieces to this. One is the, the opportunity for everyone that you just mentioned. And that's been a, a real uh, foundational point of our administration. It's part of our One Utah Roadmap, making sure that everybody in the state has the same opportunity as everyone else. We can't guarantee outcomes, yeah. but we should be able to guarantee um, the, the opportunity for the American dream. But the second piece of this is what, what could inhibit 
the, the positivity and the growth that we're seeing. Um, and, and that is where growth becomes uh, not a plus, but, but a minus. Yeah. And I think a lot of Utahns are feeling that right now with the, the price of housing um, as, as more and more people. And again, still most of our growth is internal. We have, we have a lot of kids, uh, but, but people moving in from other places and uh, the, the pressures that that puts not just on, on housing, but on transportation, on water and our water infrastructure, uh, clean air, the things that matter to Utahns. We, we want to grow, but we have to grow in the right way. Uh, we want to keep that, that, that elevated um, quality of life that has made uh, such a special place. Yeah, and I, I think looking at that uh, and that convening and bringing everyone together because the, the growth is happening, uh, whether it happens by chance or by choice, uh, and we know that's going to continue to go. And I know part of your administration, part of your focus as governor has been, let's make sure uh, that we can follow that old axiom, opportunity favors the prepared. And so it's not just enough to, to be number one now or to have all these positive things that we always talk about in Utah, but it's really how do we sustain that? How do we prepare for what's next? Well, and that's one of the mistakes that I think people make. Um, we're so busy patting ourselves on the back uh, for doing a great job that we don't realize that, that all of those accolades and, and leading the nation with the best economy happened because of choices that were actually made 10 years ago or yeah. 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 150 years ago, uh, to, uh, to invest in the right ways. And, and that's where um, I'm grateful for leadership in, in the legislature. We have a, a Speaker of the House and a President of the Senate right now that understand it's not about today. Um, our job is actually to, uh, to make sure that 10 years from now, 20 years from now, yeah. they're still leading the nation in these categories. And that means investing in our people and investing in infrastructure structure uh, so that so that we they, they can be the beneficiaries of our choices. Yeah. Uh, I used to always say when I was doing business consulting that uh, the most dangerous day in the life of an organization is the day they hit number one. And I think the same is, is true in a state. So as you look forward, as you look out on that horizon, you mentioned infrastructure, housing, uh, some of those kinds of things. What, what else is out there that may inhibit us or what are some things we should be thinking about so that we are prepared for that future? Well, to, to me, the, the most important piece is investing in our people. And what what I mean by that is is workforce development. Um, it, we're, we're sitting here at the heart of, uh, of Utah Valley University. The, the, the whole trajectory of higher education is changing in, in our country. Um, we, we've got to get away from the old model and understand that that work and education have to be integrated in ways that they they, they just haven't been in the past. Um, that that um, our our kids need to get a high quality education, but also an education that ties to the workforce, so that they're prepared when they graduate from high school. When when they go on to get a, a certificate at one of our uh, incredible um, uh, career and technical uh, uh, education institutions or, or a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, whatever it is that they're working on, that that aligns in such a way that they can then be prosperous, um, it, it, it not just have a bunch of debt and not be able to get a job right. um, or drop out e even worse and have nothing to show for it, but that we are making sure that every one of our kids has that opportunity to engage in the economy in a productive way. Uh, to fill these jobs that we have right now. Yeah. I and mean, that's our, our biggest struggle right now is we, we can't find enough people. Yeah, yeah, I've got to keep that uh, going. And I love the fact that you've talked about that in terms of, of integrating uh, because really everyone's got to be not just a, a degree or a certificate holder. They've got to be a lifelong learner. And that that requires that you do integrate that in, into the business, uh, really, and into the way of living. That's that's the change, I think, that's happening. I, I had a friend who retired recently who said, you know, I, I learned everything I needed in, in college for the first 35 years of my career. Yeah. Like that's gone. You can't do that. You, you have to be the, the the way the economy is changing. Um, this information economy that we're a part of now. Every year, every five years, you have to 
be retooling and relearning yeah. and reskilling um, so that you are always a valuable piece of the economy. And that's that's different. Yeah, very different. And, and so how do we do that in terms of, uh, I've been wanting to ask you in terms of uh, kind of workforce uh, preparation, education, uh, whether that's internships or whether that's apprentice kinds of programs, what else should we be thinking about to think about that education piece a little different? Yeah, so so I'm, I'm a big fan of, of the uh, the European model. Um, it, it's it's not perfect, but but what you see there and what we're trying to do here is these pathways earlier on, much much earlier than college. This has to start in high school and, and even into middle school, finding out where your interests lie, trying lots of different things, and then getting real experience. We, yeah. You know, we, we don't know what we, what we don't know, and so giving kids an opportunity to see real-life work happening. Um, you know, we were talking about engineers today, and I asked my kids, you know, why, why aren't any of you interested in engineering? Have you ever met an engineer? And they all said, no, we don't, we don't know any engineers. Well, yeah. uh, you know, let's introduce you to some engineers. Um, so they, they get that real-life work experience um, earlier on, and that's going to take the private sector. This is not something that the state yeah. can do by themselves. We have to have partnerships with the private sector. And again, I believe that Utah is a place, as you mentioned before, we do that better here than anywhere else. Why not do it in education? Yeah, so good. Uh, one last thought before I know you're going to use those uh, track shoes and uh, sprint to the stage here. Uh, what's what's something that you've thought about today? Or what's What was kind of an aha moment or a surprise moment in terms of the summit today? Well, well, for me, it was actually a conversation I was having with President Tumenez um, when she was talking about uh, about UVU and what's so special about it. And one of the things they're doing here um, that is very unique is they have um, a first generation, um, I, I don't even know what it's called, but it, it's a place where first generation students and parents who have never gone to college before can come and get special attention and special help. They, they've made this a place where, you know, you know, in lots of households, going to college is just like going to seventh grade or eighth grade. It's just what you do next. But if, if your family has never gotten anything yeah. post high school this is a brand new experience yeah. for you um, they uh, they've elevated over the last 10 years the Latino population here from uh, from about 10% to 20% which is the makeup of, of Utah yeah. County so it now matches, matches Utah County but they did that by by again giving opportunity for everyone giving yeah. them a chance to come see what it's like take the fear out of the unknown and uh, that was a real aha moment for me that's how we help people in rural utah people in 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 our inner cities people yeah. who who don't have um m- maybe some of the opportunities that that other kids have uh where, where they can get that and, and really break that cycle of intergenerational poverty and uh and help the next generation be even better than they are Fantastic. Governor Spencer Cox, we're going to let you sprint onto the stage. Uh, thanks for joining us. We're down here at the Utah Valley Growth and Prosperity Summit. And, uh, Governor, thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, we'll let him dash off there. And, uh, again, we're broadcasting all the way till 3 o'clock today, Utah Valley Growth and Prosperity Summit, hosted by Utah Valley Chamber of Commerce and Utah Valley University. Uh, I love this focus on continuous education. Uh, that it's not enough just to get that degree or just to get that certificate or whatever it may be in a, in a trade or a specialty area. You have to be a lifelong learner. And having the systems and the support structure to make sure that happens, I think, is important for prosperity, not just here in Utah Valley, not just in the state of Utah, uh, but across the country. Absolutely vital. All right, we're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. We're down here at the Utah Valley Growth and Prosperity Summit. Stay with us. Much more to come. On Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids 
doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.